This isn't just me jumping on a feminist bandwagon and going, yeah, there's never any women. When I scroll through Netflix comedy specials, nine out of 10 of them are, are men. You listen to Pandora radio, only male comedians. It will literally take you like an hour sometimes to even for a female to even come. You have to specifically say female comedians. I hate the fact that it's comic and female comic. When you do that, that's mm-hmm. that's already saying that we're less than. Right. That we're a sub category of comedians. And we're fucking not. Hot breath. Hello, hot brethren and sisterin. Welcome to Hot Breath. It is I, Joel Byers, and thank you for joining us. And by us, I mean our sponsor, Wax and Wick Candles. Support these hand-poured soy candle makers by going to waxandwick.co and using the promo code 40 off Joel Byers. That's the number 40 off Joel Byers to get 40% off your order today. Boom. Patrons of my show I do at Java Monkey every Wednesday at 8.30 in Decatur enjoyed this past week's flavor, Oak Moss. That definitely gave us a relaxing escape from the city grind. I highly recommend it. And I also highly recommend, you know, sharing your thoughts about the podcast on our iTunes page. That's the best way to get in touch and let the world know how you feel. And we are nearing 100 reviews as we hit 90 this week. Few people gave us a five star click, and one Wiregrass comic left the review. Love the Jerry Farber episode. Joel does a great job digging into the life and times of legendary Atlanta comic Jerry Farber. There's so much rich content there for both comedy fans and comedians alike. A must listen episode. Well, thank you, Wiregrass comic. And also, thank you for joining us today as we have another winner with my guest, Lace. Larrabee. She is the better half of last week's hot brethren, Jared Harris. Lace shares her dilemma between wanting a family life while nurturing what she calls their, quote, comedy baby. However, we start at the beginning as the daughter of teenage parents and how her career as a successful pageant queen gives her an advantage in the comedy world. In just a short four-year career, Lace has already performed on television and with her idols like Roseanne Barr, and most recently, Hot Breath. So now is the time to bring this to life with a lively Hot Breath and Lace Larrabee. Right. (laughs) Oh, look at your microphones. Oh, thanks. Those are awesome. Oh, it's like fucking... Christina Aguilera microphones. <laughs> is this what she uses? Something like this. I don't know. Sparkly. Um, hers is probably like $8 million. And that's for you as well if you wanted a, oh, yeah. a hot so breath water. Some, look at that. That's look all at you. you. With your little t-shirt and your little, oh. It's a brand. It's a business. I am paying. I'm proud like, of you. Uh, it's great. Like it's legit now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't quite have a license or anything, but... <laughs> Hey, do you have a licensed podcast here? Not I need yet. You to prove your license. This is exciting. This is very exciting. Have we started? Is this we, on? Um, is this a thing? We are on. Okay, cool. Got my coffee. Do you need any coffee? I'm great. Thank you. Okay. 
Do you need to let it kick in before we start? I don't want to. No, it's fine. It's okay. Good. I got one sip in and then drink some more. It's then it'll just take off from it'll there. Take off. It'll be good. The headache will subside. It'll be all right. Well, before we start, if you could just say your full name into the microphone. Sorry, let's get the dog. It's going to tap dance around the floor. Um, Lace Larrabee. Lace Larrabee. Yeah. Thank you for being on Hot Breath. Thank you for having me, Joel. Yay. I'm so excited. And the dog, you say, what's the dog's name again? Cammy. Cammy, okay. She Cammy. made a cameo last week as well. So. Cameo. But it's good to be back at the compound. Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's weird. It's a weird place. It's great. I mean, the inside's beautiful. The, yeah. The, you know, it looks, looks like great. a normal, cozy house that a woman lives in. Yeah, and then you go really outside, it looks like the fucking Soviet Union. <laughs> That's what <laughs> you don't. It's, a, yeah, it's an interesting thing we got going here. It's very, very Lace and Jared. So you, Lace gets the inside, Jared gets the outside. Yes, that's, those are the rules. Like, yeah. <laughs> if he brings shit in, I'm like, no, that has to go in the backyard. Like, that's not going inside this house. And he's been adding to the ramps and uh, yeah, jumps yeah. and stuff mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, he built wow. out some wood stuff back there. He was riding it yesterday. <laughs> Do you ride it at all? Uh, not, uh, I can, I mean, I do, I don't jump it though. Right. I just kind of like ride over it. Just, you know, keep the wheels on the ground. It seems, like, it seems like you got a good team, team system going on here, yeah. I guess, for the, uh, future hubby, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's a good uh, yeah, place to have kids as well. All the time. You call him a fake husband. He's my fake husband. Yeah. Cause we're not engaged or anything yet, but yet we live and act like husband and wife and yeah. So. Do you think you'll just have kids first, just to go ahead and keep on with the kids fake thing? Hubby? Is uh, first of all, did you ask Jared about having kids? I didn't ask Jared ah, about having. Ah, interesting. Didn't, we didn't get around no, to I it. I always get that question. Um, now I guess you're I in control. am the one who. Well, I'm in <laughs> I was say I'm the one with the uterus, but I'm also the one in control. Uh, that's actually way more um, perfect. Um, yeah, I, I've. That's actually a thing I've been. I've really been considering a lot lately. Actually, as kids. Oh. Um, and. I would, I would love to be a mom. I would love to have kids. I'm 32. Um, so I have to deal with things like when I went to my gynecologist last year, he literally said he like did a little fake look at his watch. What? On it, like he didn't even have a watch on it. He did like a little tap on his wrist and he was like, 32, huh? I'm going to need you to, I'm going to need you to hurry up if you're going to have some kids. <laughs> He was like, you got you got to decide by like 38. You need to go ahead and make a decision. I was like, oh, my God. Did my mom put you up to this? That's like, what why? I was thinking. What are you doing <laughs> to me? So, yeah, I mean, I have to deal with stuff like that. Like, but even internally, I have to like because I want it. I mean, I definitely I, I love kids. I'm great with kids. I think Jared and I would have some amazingly weird, cool, smart kids mm -hmm. together. Um, and then there's the career. There's the comedy. So it's like, oh, that's where does that fit in? Yeah. You know, and that, yeah, that is kind of the baby. That's the thing that I'm, I'm raising and nurturing and I'm, I'm <laughs> wanting it to grow and get better. And I, you know, live vicariously through it. And I want like that to be, that's kind of my child right now, but I kind of do. I mean, I, I kind of do want kids, but I don't know how that fits in. How does your mom feel about comedy being the baby? Because I know she, she'll pressure you a lot. And yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. My mom, she's always, uh, she'll like try to send me hints that she's ready for, for babies and stuff. She'll send me like emails and shit uh, with like links to cute baby clothes that, that she found online. And, uh, and it's, it's hilarious. But, um, 
Yeah, and she'll she'll call all the time. She'll make little snide. My mom's very funny, but uh, she'll make really snide remarks a lot about um, about me not having kids and her wishing she had grandkids or you know being jealous of her friends who have grandkids and stuff. And uh, <laughs> it's pretty funny. Yeah, she. Um, but she's she's gonna be all right with it because I'm happy. Like I'm pursuing something mm-hmm. that you know makes me happy. And but she does want she does want grandkids. I guess my sister could just push some out. That'd be great. Oh, you have a sister and she doesn't have any. No. I guess your mom's just thinking you're a little behind because she had you when she was 17, right? (laughs) No, she doesn't think I'm behind at all. She (laughs) definitely did not want to have any kids at that age. (laughs) Um, I was about to say she didn't want to have me, but that's not. (laughs) I mean, she likes me now, but like at the time. No, my mom was like on track to, she was going to go to UGA. She had like her shit together. She she was very successful in high school. She had great grades. She was a varsity cheerleader. Like, and then her and my dad just got stupid and they were in love and young and she got knocked up and she was like, all right, well, I guess this is my life. And then she kept it. And, uh, kept here we it. are, here we <laughs> she are. Kept it. You are it. And I am it. <laughs> um, but no, she worked like she worked her ass off. She's definitely not. And I, and I hate to even say stereotypical teen mom. Cause, but there's just such a bad, like stigma mm-hmm. with that. And uh, she was definitely not not that in any way. She's actually she's uber successful um, and not like like she doesn't like drive Uber, but like she <laughs> she's just really good with her Uber job right now. No, she's a uh, she's state farm agent. So uh-huh. my mom's like on billboards, like all wow. over South Georgia. Like she's uh, she's awesome. She's been a state farm agent for like 20 something years. And wow. Yeah. What about your dad? Uh, he works for state farm too. He's um state farm claims, auto claims adjuster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So are they still together? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, dude. That's impressive. 33. They'll have their 33, 33rd wedding anniversary. Um, this year, August. And what was the moment in your life when you realized, Oh, my parents are a little bit younger than most people's parents. It was, uh, school, like through school. Cause up until, you know, going to, to kindergarten really probably like first grade is really when you start to catch on to that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Cause then you start to see other kids, parents, and then you hear other kids talk about their parents and seeing them. I was like, Oh, they're <laughs> older than my parents. Like this is different. And, um, but yeah, it really didn't become a thing until, probably like because i noticed it but it wasn't really a bigger deal until like i think closer to middle school okay when then other kids realized how young my parents were and they would ask or or something would come up and and i would be like oh yeah well my mom's you know 20 whatever and people are like what <laughs> and then i realized it was weird um but my mom always reminded me too, I mean, that she sacrificed a lot and we'd been through a lot together and she'd have to say well this is why we live uh, this is why we have to live in a trailer right now because mm-hmm. we've got to save money and we've got to do this. We've got to sacrifice things just like I sacrificed for you. And so they were they were always reminding us that they had been through hell and back for us to have the life that we were going to have down the road. And we did. We did. And know. they were always supportive. Oh, crazy you, supportive. Were they the ones that pushed you into acting and doing pageants? Or was that They didn't you? push me into anything. I okay. am... I, I went above and be- like, I wanted to do everything that I ever did. I literally came to, like, I would write plays and skits by myself. Okay. And force my little sister, my poor little sister <laughs> to perform with me for my family. I would make up little tickets 
and these were terrible plays. They weren't, they weren't good. There was no plot. There was nothing. There was terrible lines. Um, and, uh, and I would even draw out little tickets and cut them out of paper and like sell tickets to my family members. Wow. Yeah. And make them all sit and watch me perform (laughs) these horrible, not funny, not interesting plays. And they would just do it to, to what was the word humor me, I guess. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so they'd all sit and, clap and okay you done nope i got another one got another one. and then i would drag my little sister we would dress up and like uh and i would drag her out and then she would just run off my fake stage um that i would create in the living room yeah so that was what that was me as a kid and then i had an opportunity to be an extra in a film how old then, are you um nine nine okay and my and i loved it and i did great and the casting director like really enjoyed me and like pulled me out of the crowd and like used me for other things. And my mom was like, shit, she's got like a knack for this. She likes it. People like her. And I was just natural. And, um, yeah. So I got an agent when I was like nine years old. Wow. Yeah. So, and then the pageant stuff came along. Should we even tell people what I did? I did pageants. I don't know, whatever, but not like toddler <laughs> and Tierra's fucking pageants, like okay. not that kind of shit. Uh-huh. I think when people picture pageants, that's exactly where their mind goes to, because that's what, like TV, that's what media has made us think about. When right, John Benet Ramsey, that kind of stuff. Yeah, right. who's from Marietta, by the way? Did you know that? Oh no, I did not. I love how we whispered that just in yeah, case. Yeah, I just she's, well, she's you know, around. She's dead, so she's everywhere. <laughs> you know how ghosts work. <laughs> uh, but you started that, I guess, from the acting is where it started, though. Yeah, so I was performing. We were well, and it's really more of a like a location thing. So we were near. We lived in Cumming at the uh-huh. time, and uh, my family's from Warner Robins, and we lived in Cumming. And um, and so my mom was able to like take off work and drive me into Atlanta to like go to auditions and stuff. Wow. Um, when I had agents, so I like auditioned for commercial and film and got booked a few things, booked a few fun little things. Um, when I was younger, I don't remember all of it, but like commercials, like mm-hmm. made. What yeah, is, I was in like a Bell South commercial. I was Bell like South? something else for like a hospital. I was in a few. Yeah, I was in a few like wow. cool like one was like a national thing. And anyway, yeah, I did all mm-hmm. that before I was like 12. And then when we moved, we had to move to South Georgia to Glenville, Georgia, which is like the worst place in the world. Is that for um, work or? For my mom's work. Uh-huh. Yeah. When she became an agent, that's where they put her. Um, and they so, yeah, we moved all the way down there. And then there was nothing like the only way you could perform was like in church and we didn't go to church. Um, so I had no outlet for anything mm-hmm. and my school had like a pageant and I, we never, we didn't know anything about pageants. No one in my family's ever done them. We didn't know it, know anything, where to start, what to do. And uh, so I entered and I fucking won. Right out the gate. Right out the gate. And I was like, well, this is, this is great. <laughs> I'm a natural. I'm a natural. This is awesome. I'm going to be Miss America. <laughs> Yeah, so that I was, was like the goal? 13. Um, yeah, and then I ended up, I, I competed in the, the Miss America organization for years. Like, mm-hmm. I paid for most of my college doing that stuff. So, yeah. And your mom, it, didn't you do a like a pageant, with, like a Mother's Day contest with your mom? It wasn't a pageant. Time? It no, wasn't no, a pageant? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. It was just a contest, like, at the mall. Like, at, um, I think it was, like, at Gwinnett Place Mall. Is uh-huh. that still a mall? I have no idea. I don't know. When I was a kid, though, <laughs> we were we entered it because we looked a lot alike. And, uh, and, yeah, we got third place. We got to be on the news. Wow. Yeah. Jill Becker interviewed us on 11 Alive News. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty fucking cool. <laughs> what about when you won Miss Cobb? 
Yeah, that was, was the, the last. Um, that was the last major title that I held in um, in like the Miss America organization, and uh, so that's a preliminary to the Miss Georgia pageant. Okay. Um, which at the time, back then, there were like fifty something or close to sixty. Okay, go go dog. She's done with her cameo appearance. She's done. Um, yeah, there were a whole bunch of locals and like Miss Cobb um, was. It's the cool thing about Miss Cobb is that it's the number one. They give the highest amount of scholarship to their girl in the country than any other wow. local pageant, preliminary pageant uh-huh. to like the state. Um, so it was a big deal to win that. Um, they treat you amazingly. I le- I did like 90 something appearances that year. So when people think of pageants, they forget that like you hold that, that the pageant isn't just like the next pageant that you go to. Like it's not just the Miss Georgia pageant, right? Mm-hmm. That entire year you work for them. That's like booked work. You're a, you're a, Wow. So it was kind of, it was really a precursor to like stand up and, and having, well, having a life in entertainment as, as an adult. Cause I had to learn how to juggle cause I was in college and, um, I also had a part-time job, I had two part-time jobs and mm. I was doing that. Um, and so I had to learn how to balance like travel and being on mm. all the time and mm-hmm. go be, yeah, 90 something appearances just in that year. And I held four different titles over the years. So Yeah. But you travel and you speak, you go speak. I spoke to like little kids in schools and um, like civic organizations and businesses and charity events and all of that. You touched on the comedy parallels a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I would love to know like what you see. We see toddlers and tiaras and all that. Mm -hmm. But I'd like maybe a little behind the scenes as far as like, I mean, are there like open mic pageants? (laughs) And you're like studying your set from that. Oh, that's a great. Oh, I love that. (laughs) This is going to turn into a bit, by the way. I want you to, yeah. So thank you for that. Um, yeah, because I do, I do a little bit in my in my routine, in my comedy routine of uh, comparing, and I just kind of breeze by it. But literally lately, after four years in comedy, I've been finally I'm wanting to like talk about it a little bit more because mm-hmm. I found out it's more interesting to other people than it is to me. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of why I just don't really focus on it in my stand up. I literally have like two jokes about doing pageants, and then I just leave it alone and I never talk about it again. <laughs> But people want to know, so I'm trying to like, so I, I kind of like that. So yeah, there is, um, that is a great way to like, especially to comedy audiences to explain how pageants work. So there are, there's two main systems that most people know about, right? There's the Miss Universe system and Miss America. And a lot of people don't realize they're even watching two, three different things on television. So like Miss USA goes to Miss Universe Miss America is that's the top, like that's oh, the top of the line of okay. that that system, and then Miss Universe is the top of the line for Miss USA system. Um, there's two separate systems. One Miss America is the oldest one, and uh, it's super legit. It's got the talent. So when you're watching pageants and they've got talent, that's Miss America. Okay. Ones without talent, just <laughs> super hot, super tall girls walking around in bikinis. That's that's the Miss Universe system. Okay. Um, so most of those like really bad clips and stuff that you see, and I hate to say this. I don't hate to say it. I don't fucking care. Um, <laughs> the, the, the real, like the, the bad answers on stage mm-hmm. generally comes from like the Miss USA, Miss Universe side. Gotcha. But they're not trained in the way that we are. Like we literally spend, those girls like pay money, they sign up, they enter their pageant. Um, they do their year. And I'm not saying they're not intelligent. I know a lot of girls who are in that system who are super smart and great, but they just don't train them in the same way. They train them to like, walk incredibly and like look like miss venezuela like that's mm-hmm. like they they want them to be gorgeous right and miss america they really want you to go and speak for an entire year and 
work on yourself and your opinions and what you think about. So you don't embarrass yourself like on stage, but yeah, um, I totally got off track what you were asking. So yes, there are like smaller pageants that you can do, but they're not in the system. So Gosh, how's the way to like describe that? Well, like comedy open mics, we, we'll do it at, like bars in front of yeah. just like other comedians. There's like okay, so so in the in the how pageants work, it's kind of like, all convoluted, but like there are there's like fair pageants. Like so, if you literally wanted to just like go and just do a pageant, just to do a pageant, yeah. there's a million of them that you can do that you don't have to be um, legitimate to do. Okay, then when you do like the Miss America system, you have to sign like a 21 page contract. Ooh. that makes you eligible to like even compete in a local. So I guess, I guess when you're, once you're in that system, a local would be like considered, I guess like open mic kind of stuff. Right. Cause mm -hmm. you're just doing local. It's not that big of a deal if you don't win. Um, but then you better win by the end of the season or you're not going to miss Georgia. And then when you get to miss Georgia, it's bigger leagues. And then if you get to miss America, I mean, holy shit, that's like, what's that compared to? Like, what's the best comedy special? I was going to say like an hour on comedy central, yeah, that's but what I was thinking. I, I would think like HBO though. Right. An HBO an, special. An hour HBO special. Okay. Isn't that like that, that, that is it. That's been it. Yeah. That's been it in the past. It's not yeah. really now, but like, I think our generation, we probably, when I think of like, Oh my gosh, you HBO hit a million special. followers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it's a million yeah, that's YouTube a big hits. deal. Yeah, yeah. But the local stuff, it's not, there's not as much at stake, I guess. So yeah, it's more like an open mic. So yeah, that's kind of how the that's kind of how it works. And then there's other pageants that you can just go and do, but they're not they won't get you to Miss America because they're not connected in that system. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So you could just go around and do those things. And you would also incorporate. I mean, I can't now. It's been like I've been too old for this for like ten years. So you're out yeah. of practice, or you're just out of the age range? No, People I'm out can't. of age range. I'm too. No, you age out. Day. They literally are like, oh, you're how old? Oh, sorry, you can't represent young women in America anymore. <laughs> like you're, ooh, gross. It's yeah. worked out though. Yeah, it's been fine. I mean, you said it paid for your schools. So you yeah. can't really Most of it, yeah. complain about that. No, no, no. I got a lot of great things from it. I mean, yeah. I can talk shit about it now looking back because there are some ridiculous things you know, and as you grow as like a woman and a feminist, like in the world, and then you look back, and you're like, okay, there are a lot of shitty things about it, but there were a lot of positive things too. And I definitely don't begrudge anybody who mm -hmm. wants to do it. I mean, if I ever had a kid and this pageant system was still around in the, you know, 80 years from now, whenever I'm old enough to have, whenever I'm <laughs> old enough to stop doing comedy for a minute so I can adopt a baby or get a freeze dried one or whatever we're going to have to do <laughs> in the future. And if pageants were still around uh, and they wanted to do them, I would totally say, yeah, because there's a lot of great stuff that comes from it, but not as a kid, only as an adult. And you would incorporate your comedic instincts into the pageants. You would do comedy monologues. I did. I did comedic talent, monologues right? for my talent. Yeah. Everybody else was like twirling batons and tap dancing and um, playing the piano, opera, mm. you know, all that. And then I was like, I'm going to do funny pieces from plays. And then I got out there and did like voices and did all these like monologues, different, like different ones over the years. I saw a picture of one of you in a wedding dress. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What was that one? So that particular monologue was about a girl. Um, uh, it came from a, my name is Alice, which is a play and she, uh, or a, my name is still Alice. Maybe that's the other one. I don't know. I think that might be the second part of that play, but, um, Anyway, she's like yelling at a manager in a retail store. Like she goes in there and she's trying to register for gifts, but she's not getting married. She's just sick of buying <laughs> gifts for all of her friends who are getting married. And, uh, and so she's like making a scene and he's like going to like 
go get back up. Like he's going to leave. Like he's, she's like, no, 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 don't listen, hear me out. And she's, it's, it's actually a really funny piece, <laughs> but I thought it would be even crazier if I wore like a wedding dress and, you know, acted out this whole thing in a store. But like, I came into the store, like in a wedding dress. Oh my so gosh. it was really funny. <laughs> it was great. I loved doing it. So, uh, and everybody always, all the girls, like all the contestants, my talent was always their favorite talent. Like they would come out to watch me from the wings. Oh, wow. And I loved that. that it was like playing to the back of the room. Yeah. And comedy. That's what I did. I seriously, yeah. I, same exact thing. Yeah. I would rather make the girls laugh. And I'd rather that the girls that I was competing with thought that I was funny than even what the judges thought. Like that, that meant more to me. Any, uh, any bombs? Any, any bombs or can you bomb in a pageant? Like, do you ever oh, trip yeah. or anything? I've seen some girls bomb like big, big time. Um, no, I didn't. I, oh. I, and not even to be like, that's not even to be like <laughs> braggadocious or whatever. Like, that's just, I just don't, I can't, nothing so dramatic that, um, that I remember it. You know, I'm probably, I'm sure that I'm out of the many, many pageants that I mm-hmm. did, I probably tripped or something, but never fell. Luckily, yeah, none of that. I mean, I've watched some girls like fall, yeah, be cry, bad stuff, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I did what I could do. Yeah, my silly little monologues—the best I could do. <laughs> and it's paying off now. Yeah, I mean, you had early success in the pageants, and you're having early success in comedy too. You haven't been yeah. doing comedy that long. Yeah, four years. Yeah, and you met Jared. Mm-hmm. I guess was that your first year in comedy? You guys met yeah, show? oh God, yeah. I met him on my sixth time on stage. Oh, okay. It was yeah. open mic? No, I actually had no, I my first this is I hate to say this stuff in a podcast. I, I feel like I should lie. I should lie. <laughs> um fucking comedians like, fuck you. Uh I got my very first time on stage was on a booked show. Wow. Um, yeah, at Jerry Farber's. And there's a kid, uh kid Richie Wallace. Do you remember Richie? Mm-mm. I swear you know Richie. You don't remember Richie? I don't Pickman? remember Richie. So Richie was this guy, super sweet guy. Um, he was more of like a show promoter. Like he he really wanted to be in the music business. Like he kind of was in the music business a little bit. He was also doing comedy and he was kind of, but he was a regular at my bar that I worked at. I was a bartender and a server over at Tin Lizzie's in Buckhead. Mm-hmm. And so this kid, Richie, super nice. I, he came in there for like three years. And he started doing comedy and he's like, I'm doing comedy. Uh, you, you're going to love it. You, you, you got to come to a show. And I was like, cause he knew I liked comedy. We had gotten into conversations um, about different comedians that we liked. And, uh, and I was like, Oh, okay, cool. You know, well, if I ever, you know, get a day off, I'll go see some comedy. And I never did. And then he came in one time and he's like, listen, I'm making money doing comedy. He called it <laughs> funny money. That's what he called it. He's like, I got funny money in my pocket. He's like, I found, you know, I, I know how to book these shows now. And I'm, uh, I can get, I can get you on a show and get you some money for doing a show. He's like, wow. you got to do a show. And I was like, I've never done comedy. I was like, <laughs> I, I love it. I've always, he's like, you've always wanted to do comedy. You've talked about it. You've said it a million times. He's like, you're never going to get on stage. I've been telling you to go do an open mic for years. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I will eventually. And he's like, no. No, I am booking you on a show and I need you to do seven to 10 minutes uh, on a show and pay you. And he was going to pay me. Oh my God. And I was like, uh, all right. <laughs> um, shit. I don't know how I'm. And I was like, all right. And I, I wasn't in the comedy world. So I didn't really know that that was 
you know how when you start and you're like, I got eight minutes. Like, right. no, you don't. Not even no, close. you don't. Yeah. You don't even have a minute. <laughs> you can talk for 10 minutes. And there's a big difference between talking for 10 minutes and actually having quality jokes. I mean, it takes over, I mean, some people two years to get a good, like 10 minutes. Oh yeah. I mean, if not more, I mean, that's, that's hard to do. And how did yours go? Um, well, I, it, it's on video, so I have Ooh, that. Okay. <laughs> so I know exactly how it went. Um, in my head, it went so well that, uh, I proceeded to forward it in an email to like everyone I'd ever known. Mm-hmm. And I was like, look at me, I'm doing comedy now. It's so great. <laughs> and then like now it just makes it, I get sick at my stomach, like thinking about like the messages back from people. They're like, it's really great lace. That was it. <laughs> like stuff like that. Nobody was like, oh, holy shit, this is amazing. Like, when's your album coming out? You know, they were just like, okay, cool. And then I went back and watched it not too long ago. And it just, I freaking cringed the whole time I was watching Ugh. it. It wasn't horrible. It wasn't, uh-huh. but comparatively now to me now and then me then, I was like, I didn't know how to hold the mic properly. Um, like, I mean, I, I knew how to perform, obviously, because I've been a performer my whole life. So I had that. And I think that that's what gave me that false sense of um, of talent was like, I know how to do I can be on stage. You're like, I'm a natural. I've talked to people a million times on stage. Right. So, uh, but my jokes were just not great. What was one? Give us an example of just oh, God. first timer even... joke. Uh, there were, actually, there are a couple things I came up with that I ended up keeping for, for a long time. And I actually still use a couple of things, um, but that nothing was finished. It was all just an idea. Right. Yeah. And I didn't really, uh, the first, in that very first time I, on stage, I did that. I used to do this bit about being on Facebook and having to see my friends having babies and they show their, <laughs> Even and they then. show their, yeah, 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 forever. Um, and they show their sonograms online and how weird and personal that is. And, uh, and I'm like, yeah, that's so, that's so personal. Um, yeah, like I want to, maybe I want to put something, you know, personal and private on Facebook. How about my vagina? <laughs> and that was like, that was man, a- that was my big joke. That was <laughs> it. And I would like, like, I would be like, oh, Look, here's my vagina. We went to, uh, we had a nice day. We went to the park today. Oh, here she is. Um, she, she's, she's a little, well, what was it? She's a little hurt. We went to cycling class. Um, <laughs> here she is. <laughs> she's, uh, see, it's still getting laughs. It's yeah, great. It's, it's killing. Great. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, I think I said something about like, here it, I, it's, oh, I got her her Easter pictures. Uh, I, I dressed her up like an Easter egg, put some, Put some paint on there, vajazzled it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was my uh, man. I thought that was fucking comedy gold. I thought that was great. And yeah. that's Jared. And I was used like, that joke girl. for a while. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Jared saw like, me. That's the one for me. He's like, yep, that's it. But no, he saw something in me. I mean, he he thought it wasn't just like, and he'll even tell you like if you ask him. When we first met, he wasn't like, oh, I'm totally gonna hook up with this girl. Like that really wasn't it at all. Mm-hmm. He was very genuinely kind about my comedy and he's like you're 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 he's like how long have you been doing i was like six times like this is the sixth time he's like you're really good he's like you you're definitely you can definitely go places with this you know you've got a great like starting point right now he's like you're already doing better than most people do in months but i i attribute all that to 
having performance experience. Right. Because I think so many comedians, they're so they're so smart and they've got this great writing um, and they've got these great ideas and they're going to be great comedians one day, but they've got to learn that performance part. They've got to learn how to be on stage. Mm-hmm. I think that's half the battle sometimes. Definitely. It adds a whole other dimension yeah. to it. Yeah. I mean, if you, you can have great jokes, but if you're just like saying them into a microphone and standing, it's not... It's just not as uh, effective as knowing how to like work the stage and all that. So at least I had that part going for me. Yeah, and then this this stand up stage part you got going for you quicker than most comics. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, the first gig you have, you get paid, but then mm-hmm. not soon after, you're going on like national tours. Yeah. with Jared. Yeah, so I um I after I met Jared, he asked me to be on a show at the Warren. So we met in May. He asked me to be on a show at the Warren in August. Okay. So that was another book show. It was great. It was really cool. And so I kind of practiced, you know, I could try to get better, at least get a little better if I was going to be at the freaking Warren. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, uh, then shortly after that, I mean, we had started dating that summer, um, right before the Warren, but even then we still weren't like super serious yet. And then I think our first out of town gig was, in De- I want to say it was maybe December, right before December, and we went to. <laughs> Bless yeah, sorry, you. woo. Bless you. Went to like Minneapolis. I think was the first okay. like, out of town one, and um, I mean, I think we did a couple more. But anyway, he started taking me, and he got me a feature gig. Like so, less between, than a year doing comedy. Less than a year doing comedy, I yeah. had a feature gig, and I, like I said, I wasn't awesome, but I had been doing a lot of comedy. Mm-hmm. And so I was building up these this this set, this feature set. And I mean, people would be like, okay, we need to do, you know, 25 to 30, like a normal feature. And I would I would be like pushing like 19 and I'd be like, Oh yeah. I'd get like over 20 and I would just like bail out. It was mm-hmm. so it was so bad. But I also didn't want to just fill up that time with shitty jokes. Right. Yeah. I wanted it to I wanted to do funny stuff, but when I was out of my funny stuff, I was like, I'm I'd rather not like piss off a crowd before Jared goes up, you know, at the time. And then, 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 then the thing that happened for me that kind of catapulted everything was when we went on that tour, we did that, that documentary tour, organic what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. The organic tour. And that was in, um, January, 2013. We did 22 cities in 30 days. And obviously Jared was on it, Ryan Singer, and then Cam O'Connor from Indianapolis, and Cam and I, I think he'd been doing comedy a little bit longer than me, but he was still super fresh and new. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was running a great show in uh, at the Sinking Ship at the time in Indianapolis. And so he and I were like the film. We were the like we were the videographers, um, and they would let us do a set every other show. So I learned more about how actual comedy, how the business of comedy works and how different crowds respond to different. Cause like I said, I'd only been on the road like twice, maybe out of, yeah. out of Atlanta. And so boom, I was thrown into seeing how people in Ohio react to my jokes as opposed to people in Florida, which is a totally different world mm-hmm. and people in Texas and all the, and I got thrown into that in one month and you can't have, a better gift than that in comedy. Absolutely. Cause you can focus on how your jokes work in your town on your stages that you feel comfortable with for years and years and years and years and years. But 
can you do that same material in Oregon and make people laugh up there? You don't know until you try. And then you find ways to like tweak what you do and you find ways like pick bits that are going to work or an order of bits that are going to work everywhere. And you switch them depending on what audience you have. But I think so many people get stuck in one thing. They think they're so great in one town and they get humbled by going to another town and go, oh, shit. And a big learning experience every comedian has is bombing or getting booed even. Oh, God, yeah. And I ask all of my guests on here a story of getting booed. I've never gotten booed. So maybe a a story of getting (laughs) bombed. Yeah, I've definitely bombed. But uh, getting booed. Thankfully, I have not been any in sort in front of any like hostile audiences. Okay. Um, and and I don't think that I do anything that's too. I always try to be prepared. You know, the patty yeah. girl in me is like mm-hmm. I'm always at least prepared. <laughs> um, so I think I always have something good to say, even if like the whole set's not great. Even if I know I'm doing some shit that the audience might not like, I've got some other stuff that they're going to like, like yeah. in my head, you know? So is there a bomb that sticks out? There's just, Oh God, never there was, I got, I got hired to do, um, <laughs> Oh, hired. These are even better. Yeah. You get paid to bomb twice. Okay. Um, twice I got paid to do a thing that I was so, imbe- Oh my God. One, which one was the worst? <laughs> These were both pretty freaking bad. Uh-huh. So one, I got, um, uh, this lady, <laughs> This was a couple years ago. Um, booked me to come perform for her. Was it a? It was a. It was at a country club. Okay. And okay. um, Sugarloaf, or is that even an area? Or off Sugarloaf, that area, mm-hmm. like Gwinnett or wherever that is. Um, Duluth. I don't know that. Whatever that is over there. Um, and it was an all ladies group. Okay, that's a, the like member of the, that are all members of this like country club. So already. I don't want here. <laughs> so from the trailer to the country. Right, problem. exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, oh God. Oh God. And so I get in there and I'm thinking this is gonna be great. Cause the lady who hired me, she she loved me, adored me, had seen my comedy, had seen Jared's comedy, had seen us both, loved us, and thought I'd be perfect for this. And she was way more laid back and cool. Um, and so I was like, okay. And then I get there and it's fancy as shit. Mm. Right. And I bring Dulce with me. Okay. So, cause she said I could bring another comedian and I was like, Oh, definitely dual saying she was available. And so I took her with me. Um, and I'm so dumb, so dumb. Cause at the time, I, all I kept thinking was, well, she hired me. So I guess I'm going to like, I have to close this out. Like it'll be me and dual say goes first fucking murders it. And, and not even in the normal way she murders it. Mm-hmm. Like she normally if it takes a house down, these people were very conservative and very like a lot of um, you could you could tell people in there were either doctors or doctors' wives like that's how the whole and they were dressed very well very nice like clothes and jewelry and they were all cross armed and cross legged mm. and just kind of you know <laughs> gave you like a polite smile and very judgy eyes and Dulce was able to like break them in a little. She got them in. At first they were like, Mm-mm, we're not, we don't, she was all, you know, she was wearing like a, like a see-through shirt right, 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 and all that. And so, but then, you know, she, with her charm and her good comedy, she like reels them in. And then she starts like, she really got them good with her bit about, um, she talks about having an Indian gynecologist, like a female Indian gynecologist <laughs> doctor and her starts recommending like, um, birth control to her mm. and then she's like and she's like dulce asked the doctor oh how about the nuva ring and the doctor's like 
oh no, I can't do the Indian accent, but she does, she does an Indian accent and she goes, oh no, no, you know how the, the black girls don't like to put their hands in the vagina. <laughs> Because a Nuvarine, for those who don't know, like goes up inside, you know, you keep it in there for like three weeks. And uh, that's what broke the show. And that's what broke the show because come to find out there were many Indian doctor, like female Indian doctors in the room. So it was like white ladies and Indian ladies. That's what the audience was made out of, made up of. And uh, and she got them with that. And I'm sitting there going, oh, thank God, because I have already don't want to follow her. I mm-hmm. shouldn't have done that. I was an idiot. But I kept thinking I was booked and I was pay- I'm being paid for this. So I need to, you know, I need to go last. That's what they want. Oh, my God. I should have had her clothes. And so I'm, I'm sitting there. I'm like, OK, fine. My nerves are I'm like losing my nerves because I'm like, OK, she got him. She finally got him. Right. And if they can laugh at that, then they'll love me. I get up there. Silence. I had a few pity laughs through my whole, it was the most terrifying, like 20 minutes of my entire, like I was sweating. I felt sick in my stomach. I, and I tried so hard with all I had at the time. And like, looking back, I'm like, God damn it. There's so (laughs) many things. Oh my God. There's so many ways I could have handled that. You you think that even like the next day yeah, like, oh, God, just to get in the car on the way home. Yeah. You're like, fuck, why didn't I say this and this and this? Yep. And, oh, this would have been so much funnier. And I could have just riffed on this person or done this or blah, blah, blah. Why did I even do that joke and that joke and that joke? It was so stupid. But prepared lace, like I have everything. <laughs> I know what I'm going to say. And I already have my lit. And I didn't want to go off script and, like, mess up any. And, oh, my God, it was so bad. It was just, it was just painful. And I just felt so – and th- that, like – that little insecure child that like lives in a trailer in coming where everywhere, <laughs> everyone else that you go to school with lives in like a huge, like subdivision, like McMansion. Uh-huh. Um, and they've all got swimming pools and, and two floors and there's two stories in their house and shit like that. And that, that insecure part of me all came back out again. Like, because I'm felt, even though I'm not that kid, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not like, wearing goodies clothes and like living in a trailer anymore you know i i felt that way did the country accent come out um you're bombing (laughs) yeah i don't think so i think i don't know if it reverted all the way back no no but like and it was so stupid for me to even have the insecurities i had as like a kid that was was, there was no reason for me to have no one made me have those feelings i mean there were a couple kids who were mean to me at school because i lived in trailer but they were just insecure boys and Mm -hmm. they i've looked them up on facebook and they have terrible (laughs) lives so i don't give a fuck about them um but uh but other than that like i yeah that part of me like just that it sucked and i left that like i cried Mm. in my car like on the way home and you know, Dulce tried to make me feel better and it's just not my audience. And that's something that I've learned like now. Okay. So now where I am in my comedy, I'm totally fine with knowing and being okay with the fact that I have an audience and it's Mm -hmm. not everybody and that's okay. And I used to not, and and now I've learned like turn down gigs. If there's, you know, if you don't fit that Mm -hmm. people might think that you do. And then you, you ask, okay, what's the demographic? What is this? What? And you go, you know, I'm probably not for them, but I will recommend you to a friend, Yeah. you know, who, who I think would be great for your, your crowd. But you know, people be like, okay, we want you, but okay. There are, I literally got a call not too long ago. Okay. But they, it is open to children and families. Okay. So we're going to need you to do. And I was like, Oh no, 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 (laughs) no, 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 no. I'm not going to, cause none of my, anything I talk about, I can't even like, 
make it kid friendly if I wanted to make it kid because the content is not for children. It's a, it's adult material. Like it's yeah, just you're not, not old. Yeah. Even if I just change certain, if I, the, the certain times I use curse words on stage, I, that's not going to change. I can't do anything that I talk about in front of kids, you know, maybe like three minutes I can do in front of kids. But yeah, I just said no. And I recommended them to some other people who I know can do it, but I was like, Oh no, not at all. But having that self-awareness and you yeah. know, you're like, that, I guess that comes from acting as well. You yeah. know, like you can only do certain parts. Yeah. You know, just based on who you are. Yeah. But it's paying off for you. I feel like I keep saying it's paying off paying for you. Paying off. I, I, mean, I would love for it to you, pay I mean, off. Yeah. Hey, just keep putting it out there in the universe. I'm fine it's with that. It's just, you know, four years in, I mean, you've been on national tours. You've been featured in magazines. You've been on TV shows. Yep. And I guess I would say just as far as a resume standpoint, opening up for Roseanne yeah. has got to be... Oh my god! Only four. That's, how long ago was that, by the way? Oh, that was uh, October. So okay. Yeah. So just four years in, you're opening up for yeah. one of the comedians. The comedians. Yeah. Like not just some headliner. No. This is Roseanne this Barr. Is Roseanne Barr. And it, it, yeah. Go ahead. What were you? I was say? gonna say, how did that? I mean, <laughs> tell us about the experience and how it came to be. Oh my god! I worshipped her from. I mean, I think everybody did who who got to like witness the Roseanne show like happen mm -hmm. like in real time not just and even in in reruns I think it still has the same effect on people but at that time though it meant so much to me because I said a little bit about my family and you know came not kind of non-traditional home and all that yeah um and so my whole family was young my parents worked their asses off right they were very much like Dan and Roseanne yeah. um and uh, like a lot of people in my family are overweight um, so I was, I had never at that point seen a family on television that actually looked like my family. Nobody actually looked and sounded and acted like my family. Cause like on Roseanne, they, they fought hard and they loved hard and they were smart asses to each other. And they kind of dealt with their hardships through humor. And that's exactly what my family did. Um, and so just watching that damn show as a child, I always felt this weird, and this sounds so stupid, but like this weird connection to Roseanne. Mm. Like I used to even say to my mom all the time, I was like, I think we're related to her. Like we, I swear to God, we're related to this woman. Like wow. she looks a little bit like all the women in my family and, um, and just her attitude. And I just loved how raw and real and funny. And she was the head of the household. Like it's kind of how my mom, my mom is the organizer. She's the one who keeps all the shit together. Um, and I'm like, that's, that's my family. Right. So then fast forward to, oh, and then I, I've read all her books. Like this is well before I ever worked with her. Like yeah. I've always been a huge fan of hers. Mm -hmm. Um, read all her books, followed her whole, uh, presidential campaign and everything when she was running. Um, and then this, this opportunity came up for me to be on her shows and at Zany's in Nashville. And it was, it's indes indescribably surreal. I don't even know how to. I mean, sitting in the freaking green room with her and it's fucking Roseanne Barr. Right. And she was a lot, um, she's a lot more reserved than you would think she is. Cause I think people think of this character, Roseanne. Right. And, um, and now she's, she just turned 63. So, I mean, she's, you know, she's not like that 30 year old loud, you know, woman she used to be on TV. Um, 
but she can still put that character on. I've watched it happen. Like watching her go from like her normal reserved kind of like, and she's kind of, um, she's like a germaphobe too. Mm. So she, uh, I don't even know if that's the word she would use to describe herself, but that's kind of how like, she doesn't like to really shake hands and all that. And so to watch her go from like this, like she was sitting back there with like her hands between her thighs, like, you know, sitting real tiny. She was like, just, she looks so tiny. And she mm-hmm. was just like, she'd be like, what? do you think this crowd would like a joke about such and such? And she would, she would ask me these. And I was like, um, yeah, yeah, I do. I think, uh, I think they're big. Okay. Okay. Um, do you think they're more like, she was asking me stuff about like what the audience in Nashville would like or not like. Wow. And so that was kind of my first introduction to her backstage. And she's asking me these questions and I gave her, you know, my opinions. And then I watched her just go out on stage as this monster, she went out, people were crying in the audience. It was like a freaking Michael Jackson concert, mm-hmm. except for like middle-aged white women. Like that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's what it was. But, uh, it was, um, it was amazing. Like people, people were just losing. She took my advice, like the, the suggestions that, that I had given her. She yeah. was like, okay, I think I should do, if I should do this or this. And then I would be like, yeah, I think they would, they would go for that. Uh, and she only asked me like three things, you know, backstage. And then she used those things. And I was just like, oh, my God, she loves on the mind. Like, mm-hmm. that was crazy. Um, but watching her on stage was I've never seen anything like it. And I've definitely never been on on a show with somebody who can, like, command an audience like that. Did she have any advice for you? Yeah, we did. So we did three nights together. Uh-huh. Um, so the next night we talked a little bit more than the first night. And then the third night we talked a lot more because she stayed after the show. Um, but the two days before she she left immediately after the show was over, she left with her um, her assistant. And uh, but yeah, the third night we got to sit and talk a lot. And um, yeah, she had a lot of cool things to say to me. The second night she she said, um, you're really funny. Wow. She's like, you're really, really funny. And I was like, Thank you <laughs> so much. Um, I can't believe you're even saying like, this is a, thank you. Very. Uh, thank you. You're wow. Roseanne. Like you're, yeah. <laughs> you're Roseanne. That, that's cool. And then the third night, um, yeah, she said, uh, some other really cool shit to me. So I'm supposedly, uh, going to be working with her more. Um, but we'd have, we just don't have any dates together yet, but she told me later in 2016, that she wanted me to do more shows with her. She said, she specifically said, my audience really likes you. Um, and I really like your writing. And she said, I think you're good for my audience and I want you to do more shows with me. Yeah. I totally agree with that too. Yeah. I, I, I and, mean, and, and that's what, that's the funny thing fit. is that's what I said to her. As I yeah, said, of course. Oh, I agree. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Indeed, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Indeed. I am. I'm glad you realized as well. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was, it was really cool. And I think a lot of my content is, is very similar, you know, to hers and, um, you know, we're not afraid of talking about ourselves or our, our families and, you know, our viewpoints on the world. Like, yeah, we're kind of, we're, we're kind of similar. Not that, even, yeah. That's what's great about your comedy. And, you know, somebody could see you and assume one thing, but when they see your comedy, mm-hmm. like you could, you could very easily use your looks as leverage. And like, there are some female comedians who may play up just like how they physically look in their place yeah. in the world like that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. you, you are like, 
you go beyond the surface and you're talking about like growing up in a trailer and like being the arrested party of a domestic disturbance. (laughs) Yeah. Which totally happened. That totally happened. You hit, you hit a dude. I didn't hit him. No, no, it all, it's, it's funny. It's a, it's kind of a, no one can even find the information now. I mean, they can go try if they want, but there's, it all got expunged. Um, the whole thing did, but, uh, it was because I was in a fight with an ex and in, in our condo at the time. And, I, from what I understand now is that if officers, this is totally not funny. There's nothing funny about this at all. Um, if officers have to show up to like anything that they consider to be a domestic dispute, which is if a couple is fighting in a house, mm-hmm. um, and we were just screaming at each other, like it wasn't, you know, and I was just young and dumb and just acting like a fucking idiot. And I was like, I broke some things, but not on him or with near him. Okay. Just like, you know, <laughs> you know, you slam shit and you know, stuff breaks. Um, <laughs> And then you mean to break it. Yeah. That right, and then the cops get called. And then the cops get called. You know, you know, <laughs> a normal Friday night. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, uh, I, from what I understand, though, is if they show up, somebody has to get arrested. That's okay. what I've heard. And maybe that's not the rule everywhere. Maybe it's not. It's that, but like it's an unwritten rule. Um, and I know this from the six weeks of anger management I had to take uh, oh. afterwards. So uh, but yeah, I agreed to like take classes and all that. But it was specifically for what they charged me with. They charged me with with things that they couldn't charge me with legally. Um, and they didn't make any sense for the case. So the I went back <clears throat> with like a lawyer and and disputed it and got everything thrown out so it's all expunged it doesn't even exist anymore oh nice yeah okay so that's good but you were saying yeah that's not really funny at the time but you make yeah. funny you make humor out yeah of it. oh yeah 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 and it's hard for a lot of people to draw from such personal experiences mm-hmm. like that especially so early on yeah so like is that is that a conscious decision you entered comedy with or is this something you just started to evolve into or got advice from people like <sighs> I, so it really is unique. Yeah, I and guess. effective. Thank you. I appreciate all the all that, and thank you for paying attention to my content. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, yeah, it's you know what, and I have to I have to credit Jared with a lot of with a lot of that because he's been doing comedy for so long, mm-hmm. and I mean that is his. Com- I mean he he can do really funny surface stuff like make fun of restaurants and and do totally mainstream stuff. And then he can very easily just breeze right into like really dark comedy about his really dark, shitty, fucked up past. And, and I kind of learned watching and working with him that real stuff is so much funnier. And I've always appreciated side note too. I've always appreciated comedians who talk about real stuff. Right. I mean, I can, I can love a Jim Gaffigan joke just like anybody else can. I adore him. I think it's great. I can quote all of his jokes. They're great. They're so silly and surface. Mm-hmm. And I love that stuff. But like Jen Kirkman, you know, listening to her and her really talking about her real life and her, mm-hmm. her marriage, her marriage and her divorce and her mother and her, her grandmother's crazy relationship. I don't know if you've listened to like her latest special or oh, I haven't. No. I got to work with her last year and um, oh my God, talk about real. Like she delves in and that, that to me has always been some Maria Bamford, even though she like focuses on characters and all that, she will talk about her deepest, darkest, scariest moments of her life and yeah. turn it into humor. And that's to me, my favorite kind of comedy. Um, so it's probably a subconscious thing and a little bit of, you know, learning from, from working with someone so great like Jared. Um, but it was probably, like I said, it's probably like a subconscious. Like when I started comedy, I probably wanted 
to do that is to share myself. And that's why I wanted to get on stage and perform mm-hmm. from the first time. I mean, I think from my very first set, I was talking about my parents being teenagers when they had me and, um, all of that. It, it was a lot of stuff I had to bottle up for a long time. Um, because doing pageants, yeah, it's not really a comedic to, monologue, I guess. No, <laughs> no. And it was very PC and, um, you, you put on airs and it's not all to, not to say everything's fake, but you are, a representative of an organization and you do have to like you wear a freaking sash and a crown and you go around and you're representing you're not just representing yourself you're representing an entire organization mm. when you go out so you do have to kind of be what they need you to be and you need to be very pc and so there's just a lot of stuff that was bottled up that i needed to get out i think and that's why i wanted to do comedy but um and so it all came out immediately but then it's even come out way more like you said yeah but I think it's because of working with, I swear, it's from traveling and just working with so many audiences. Because, I mean, I, I've now been nationally, or like literally done shows all the way around the country four times now. Yeah. Wow. So, and that'll make you delve into like, okay, what's funny? And what can mm. I talk about that's funny? And then you see what people laugh at. And they love to laugh at real stuff. Because that's what they want to see. They want to they want to know that they're not alone. Um but I mean, I get real personal on stage. Like, I mean, like my favorite, my still my favorite joke is the one about like um, nipple hair. It's like <laughs> women having nipple hair. And to me, I think that's funny as shit. Like I think, cause it's a real thing. Like it's a real thing. And I've never heard anybody talk about it, but I get to talk about it on stage and I watch women just lose their freaking minds. Cause it's something they don't talk about, but they know exactly what the hell I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And no one's and men are just like, gr- they're grossed out by it. Mm-hmm. And I love to watch women just like, fall out of there, like start hitting their friends, <laughs> hit them on the side. They're falling out of there and they come up to me afterward and they're like, Oh my God, I have nipple hair and it's hilarious. I have to plug it out. And I'm like, that, that nothing makes me happier than that. So I've learned like I get a better response. The more real I am, the better response I get. So that's, that's what I, that's what I want. I mean, ultimately that's what you're doing. You're trying to right. make these people laugh and that's that's the kind of stuff I like to laugh at. So I don't know. And you, your parents are all on board. Just talk about with your mom and nipple hair and all that. <laughs> are they all supportive of how What's personal that? you're getting? Yeah. Well, at first, you know, at first, and and, and still every now and then my mom, um, well, not really as much lately, but uh, definitely at first she still was like, Lace, <laughs> Lace, you can't, I just wish you wouldn't say, oh my God, I would. <laughs> lace and i'm like what and she in person like in our house and our family like within our family we are gross and loud and ridiculous and Uh definitely not uh i mean we definitely all um what's the word i don't even know the word to use but like we're real and raw at home right and then my mom is great she i i like to say and she's gonna kill me that i put this on that i'm recording this i um i we me and my sister call it the here comes the waiter face like you know she'll be <laughs> she'll we'll be talking about something she's like and it's like hi yeah like she can switch like immediately and uh-huh. she will put on this face and we're like oh my god that's not whose face is that like that's not your <laughs> face and where did you even get that face from and it's this you know, perfectly happy, smiling, smiling with her eyes face. Uh, it's the here comes the waiter face. So I'm uh, it's funny because like she still when I first started comedy was kind of still in that like pageant mom mindset of like she's protecting me and like wanting me to to do well and not and not 
not cross too many lines and not piss off anybody or not ruin my reputation or not, you know, do all. And so she was still kind of trying to hold on. And I'm like, this is a different world. Like, this is a completely different world than that, mom. Like, it's beneficial to me if I break out of my shell and I say things Mm -hmm. that I wouldn't normally say. I was like, that's more beneficial to me. And she's and now she has seen it and she has seen how it's benefited my comedy and my career. And so now she's way more on board with it. But yeah, early on, she's like, I just wish you wouldn't say, I can't, I can't believe you just said that on stage. I wish you wouldn't tell people that. She sees the success. Yeah. But she sees how it works. Yeah. And so now what's funny is now she's channeling like that, that whole like pageant mom into like comedy mom. So now okay. she'll be like, okay, now, all right, when you do the one about um, oh, wow. the, yeah, 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 yeah. Now yeah. she's like giving me advice and like, mm-hmm. you know, but then at the end she's still like, and then make sure you put on some more lipstick because, you know, <laughs> yeah. So where is it, where is it going? I mean, you've only been doing comedy four years and you've already worked with some of your favorite comics. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, what is what is your long-term goal? Are you on a TV show like Roseanne? Like, what do you see? Oh, God, yeah. Who doesn't want that, though, you know? Well, no, I take that back. I think there's a lot of comedians who don't want that, probably. Um, I do. I absolutely. I would take comedy any direction that it would take. Like, I would be happy to ride this in any direction it went. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my biggest um, idols, I guess, in comedy are people like Roseanne and, and Joan Rivers and, um, hell Ellen DeGeneres, people who took it and did used it in so many different facets. I mean, yeah, that's, that's what I love. I want it to be a, I would love, I mean, ultimately like to have like an, an empire, you know, to not have an empire as much as like be able to use it in a million different ways. Like I would love to have a show. I would love to be a host for, for a talk show or something, you know, mm-hmm. I'd love to, to even have a production company where I, where I get to help other funny females do funny things and, and have a jumping off point and, and be able to nurture their careers and help them eventually. Like I want to use it in a million different ways. I mean, but that's the, that's the dream, but who knows? I mean, I could just end up being a sad road comic. I mean, I don't <laughs> just, just a bitter, just a sad, just a sad you know, bitter road comic. It's you. But you meet you, some of those people on the road who've been doing the, just the same uh, set yeah. for the last 20 years. They gave up 20 years ago. They don't give a <laughs> shit. They just show up like a robot with dead eyes. They just do the same things. They don't even know what they're saying anymore. And yeah. they just get their check and they go home. And yeah. I don't see you being that though. I don't want to be that. No, I hope I don't. You're extremely talented and the Thank success you. you've had so early on in your career, I think can only be a projection of what's to come. Thank you. And, you know, that's why I wanted you on here, because you have been making so many moves just without much experience on the surface. But then mm-hmm. you bring up the pageant experience mm-hmm. and everything like that. So there's yeah, a definitely, context, that, I definitely but, had like a leg up, I think, when I when I started just from being a performer. Yeah. I mean, but to be that yeah. honest on stage, I mean, that's, yeah. you know, I mean, and usually, yeah, you're right. It takes people years and years, usually. Yeah. And that's what I've learned from talking to a lot of seasoned comics who've been in it for you know 10 15 20 years um that 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 usually takes more time but thankfully i got thrown into yeah feature work Mm -hmm. i mean i and i know i'm lucky i know i'm lucky as shit and i know that other comedians hate to hear that stuff because you know (laughs) we're all fucking bitter in in any way but i know it sounds shitty to be like yeah first time i was on stage i I got paid for it it was great and i did a great eight minutes and um it was really funny and all my friends came out and they laughed and then just to bring the waiter voice right there yeah that's exactly yeah oh here comes the waiter hey everything's fine yeah but to and then then to oh you've worked with all your idols 
I know people don't want to hear that kind of shit, but I know, I, I, and trust me, I'm very aware that I'm lucky and that this is not the traditional route of doing standup. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have that story of like, oh, I just hit open mics for two years and, you know, it was finally I learned how to, you know, make people laugh. Like, <laughs> I don't have that. I, and I know, I, I, I don't. I mean, I don't feel bad about it at all. I mean, you I shouldn't. I'm you, so thankful because I, I, I struggled in other ways with so many other things. And I, I feel like I paid my dues in a million other ways. It might not have necessarily been in comedy, but it led up to, to me doing comedy. So, but yeah, I, um, I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm fine with wherever, whatever direction it goes in. I still have a lot of room to grow. I mean, I watch, I still watch of clips of me from like a month ago and I'm like, God, uh, I gotta make that better. What the hell was that? And you said you want to maybe have a production company to help female comics. Oh, absolutely. Specifically. So oh, like, where yeah. do you, have you experienced some like sexism or do you see it oh, yeah. opening up more? Like it's still, it's all Jared there. talked about on his interview that being yeah. a female comic is the way, you know, it's, if you're a white male comic, you know, your time has come and gone. Now it's about <laughs> getting all the others in. So like, uh, yeah, we, we, we go head to head about that a lot. Um, when we, when we talk about that kind of thing and I know it kind of seems that way to a lot of people, especially if you're not a female comedian, it kind of seems like, Oh, well that's what everybody's looking for. They just, you know, if you're female, it's so much easier. And in some ways it is easier. It's, it's some certain things about stand up are easier. Um, or just the entertainment industry, I think is easier if you're a female comic right now. Okay. Sure. Sure. There are some things because in a way, people are looking to meet a quota, okay? Because mm-hmm. they'll go, okay, well, we need, well, clear, this is what everybody wants. And this is what this, you know, this is what the the climate is in society right now is they want to see more women doing things and in leading roles and then, you know, all this. So, so, yes, they do use female comedians for a lot of things now because that's kind of what everybody wants. But on the other hand, it's... um it is that whole, oh, we got to fill quota. You know, that that's a, that's a good thing and that's a shitty thing too. You also don't want to be that. I mean, I'm fine with whatever. You know, hire me for, if you you hired me just because you needed a female on this, perfectly fine. That's exposure for me. I'm fine with that. But you kind of don't want to be seen as that either. You know, there's it's two-sided. I mean, it's mm-hmm. very complicated. It's not just like black and white in any way whatsoever. Um, and then there's also just the, like, just doing stand-up especially on the road doing stand-up, there's so much sexism, it, especially in road work and in, in the comedy club circuit. Okay. Um, and I mean, there's a million examples, but everything from the way audiences respond to you and, and just the, the feedback you get, person-to-person feedback you get from audience members mm-hmm. after shows, um, it's sad. It's really, it's, I'm so fucking sick of it. I'm so sick. I'm like what? Really? Oh God. After a show, I can guarantee, I could literally make you a list and say, 10 people are going to say these 10 things to me. Watch. And it'll happen. Every single show, any part of the country I'm in, I'm going to get, I never think female comedians <laughs> are funny, but you are good. Hmm. That's what, then that in, um, say that in a million different ways that you constantly get that. Or, you know, we didn't think you, you, you know, how, how does a girl like you do comedy? What, how did, how, we never, we didn't think you'd be, fun, but you were funny, but you were good. They constantly talk about your looks. They constantly talk about your gender. They constantly remind you that they don't think women are funny. This is male and female. Male and female. Mm-hmm. That, and I think for me, that's the saddest thing. 
saddest thing is when women come up to me and say that. And I'm like, oh, honey, <laughs> come on. And my response usually is, well, how many female, who, how many female comedians are you listening to? Like who, or are you just thinking about like women in applique vests from like 1992? Is that what you're thinking? Is that the last time you listened to like a female comedian or are you actually going out of your way to like, and I have many a times after shows grabbed a business card or a piece of paper or a napkin and written down five female comedians for people to go look up. Mm. And I'm like, there are so many funny women out there. So you, I'm going to give you this list. So you can't tell anybody else that you don't usually think women are funny because I'm guarantee you, you're going to like these people. And I will, I will put it in people's phones. I will tell them to go look up certain people, um, all the time. But yeah, it's, uh, so yeah, everything from like just the audience members, to clubs. I mean, clubs are just still, I mean, a lot of people who own clubs have been old, have, have been the same owners for a long, long, long time. So they're kind of still in the same mentality. Um, you know, that old school women aren't funny idea, which is so, it's just so absurd <laughs> in, in itself. I just, it doesn't even make sense to even try to yeah, it, talk about that. It, it, you're right. It is an old school mentality though. Yeah. It's so, and I, I mean, I, I don't get it. I've, I've, and I've read numerous articles and watched documentaries and read books on, uh, from all these great female comedians. And, um, and there's just so many, so many reasons why and behind it and things are changing, but things are not in any way mm -hmm. perfect. Trust me. I, there's clubs that I work where the staff comes up to me and goes, Oh my God, you were so great. We loved you so much. We got to have you back here. And I'm like, yeah, I'd love to come back. It'd be great. They're like, we never, we never have any female, any features, any female features here. It's so great. I mean, I'll have women staff members come up to me yeah. and tell me that they, they enjoyed it so much to finally hear, you know, a female point of view on stage and to finally have a great, and, and I'm like, to hear that all the time, I hear that all the time. And so I know it's a thing, you know, mm -hmm. I know this is not, I'm not making this up. This isn't just me jumping on a feminist bandwagon and going, yeah, there's never any women. I have people come up to me constantly to tell me that they don't think female, they never think female comedians are funny, but I am. That's a sign right there that there aren't enough female comedians out there getting booked work in clubs. Mm -hmm. Because if there were, these people wouldn't be saying that to me. Damn sure the staff wouldn't be saying that to me if they saw more female comedians that are being booked at clubs. Um, it is weird. I just end up in weird conversations like that with people all the time. Um, that I don't, it just, it blows my mind that that's even still a thing. So just because Amy Schumer has a great show and because she's had all this success with a movie and great tours and all that in the last couple of years, that doesn't mean everything's changed for female comedians in any way whatsoever. It's awesome. She's a badass. I adore her. Um, she's, I, I love her show. I love everything about her and that's great. But even she'll say it. If you check out interviews with her, she even says, Oh, this isn't going to last. Mm. She says, you know, I, one today I'm the, the biggest thing, but like very easily tomorrow I could, you know, be done with and the, and the media is done with me, you know, and she, and my little 15 minutes is, is over you know, and she says that. And so I see it the same way. I'm like, yeah, it's great. But just because she's doing that still doesn't add up to the fact that when I scroll through Netflix comedy specials, you know, nine out of 10 of them are, are men. Always. You listen to Pandora radio for comedy and you click and, and you just listen to comedy, just pick comedy. Mm. Only male comedians. It will literally take you like an hour sometimes to even for a female to even come there, you have to specifically say female comedians, or you have to specifically put in a female comic to get 
any female comedy. And then if you put in a female comic, then you only hear female comedians after that. Wow. But if you just put in comedy, it's just men. Why is that? Someone's just, someone's know. creating those <laughs> algorithms. It's not me. But it's Hands like up. people are creating that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, uh, something's got to change. It's, it, I hate the fact that it's comic and female comic. When you do that, that's, mm-hmm. that's already saying that we're less than. Right. That we're a sub category of comedians. And we're fucking not. Yeah. And more women comedians would do, and when people are like, well, there's just not enough of you. There's plenty. They're all over the place. Last night I was just on a show in Chattanooga and uh, I had five comedians come here. All six of us rode together to, to uh, Chattanooga. We did a sold out show. Um, it was six, seven, eight, nine. It was 10 female comedians. Mm. All the whole show is all female comedians. And we called it just a fucking comedy show because <laughs> we didn't want some, you know, ridiculous chick pun. Right. And um, sold out to the walls. And I've never heard laughter so loud. And the audience was men and women equally. Did people come up and say anything after about, I don't usually think women are funny. Absolutely but, not. Mm. Of course not. Not so, last so night. So there is a market. It's growing. Hopefully, yeah. I guess you could say. Yeah. It seems like you're a major player in maybe bringing this to a, a mainstream level. I hope so. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I enjoy, I definitely enjoy changing people's minds. That's for sure. I love that. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, I, I hope that they though leave after seeing me and go and actually like look up female comedy and it, but like I said earlier, I, I, I'm okay with the fact that I have an audience and it's not everybody that's okay. And you know what? And I don't necessarily appeal to, to, I do, I do appeal mostly to women and that's fine. I'm totally fine with that, but I do want people to go out of their way to like, to, to listen but maybe they wouldn't have to if it was put in front of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's got to start somewhere though. Yeah. And I think people listening to this, I mean, are going to go out and look up more as well. Nah, maybe. Just based on what you've said. Or maybe I just sound like an annoying, you know, chick. I don't know. I don't know what I sound like to people. You know, I don't know. Like I said, there are some people who love, who love me and some people who don't. And there's going to be people who are going to, there's going to be comedians who are going to be annoyed with my, with, with my route that I took in comedy. And I, that's fine. But yeah. before we Thank get you. out of here, uh, is there anything else you want the world to know? Oh, I think we we told the world too much about me already. Um, oh, I had a cool thing happen. I, last night I just mm-hmm. got a I got accepted, or two nights ago I got my um, acceptance email to the She Dot Festival, which is in Toronto. Wow! So I'm gonna be in Canada. Wow! Congratulations! Taking this comedy shit international. Wow! Yeah, I'm so uh, this is my first this is my first time to Canada and. Uh, my first time doing comedy out of the country, so it's pretty badass. It's happening the last week of April, so... Well, please, let let people know where they April. can keep up with you and your schedule and everything. Oh, absolutely. Uh, my website is my name, Lace, L-A-C-E, Larrabee, L-A-R-R-A-B-E-E, uh, .com. And most of the time, if you just, like, attempt my name, that's what I just tell people. I'm mm-hmm. just like, attempt it. <laughs> just say just say Lace, and then L-A-R, you'll find me. Like, don't, uh, my last name's a little complicated. But, yeah, my website's LaceLarabee.com. It's got all my dates on there. Um, sometime this week, I'm going to have my my male subscriber situation um, hooked up so that uh, so that people can, so I can send out a little blast to go, hey, here are my show, so people don't have to like mm-hmm. go and look it up. Nice. Um, for those who really are interested, and um, yeah, I've got a fan page on Facebook. I really would like some more likes on that, and uh, it's under my name. I'm on Instagram at Lacey. And uh, I'm on Twitter at Lace Larrabee. Now I got to get on like Snapchat, Periscope and all this shit. Yeah. I can't keep up. It's a lot to keep up with. It's a lot to keep up with. 
Yeah. But I can't thank you enough for doing this as well. Joel, and thanks for having me. I learned, we learned so much today. We really, we really did. Thank we really did. Cami has appeared, made her cameo. For <laughs> she the, she was here for enough. the beginning and the end. And now. she came up at the end. She knew it was over. She, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She just jumped up in Joel's lap. It's really cute. That's yeah, what she does. Adorable. I have an adorable little dog. Well, thank you so much, Lex Larry. <laughs> thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Wow, well, we all learned today. Thank you so much, Lace. And thank you, Cammie, for making your second Hot Breath cameo. I may have to interview her next. Uh, let me know on iTunes if you'd like to hear an interview with Cammie. But in the meantime, how about you go on over to our sponsor's website, waxandwick.co, and use the promo code 40 off Joel Byers to get 40% off your favorite hand-poured soy candles. You support this small business of Hot Breath, so why not support one of our friends? You can also support my crystal clear engineer, Amon Garner, on Facebook. He is actually currently working at the prestigious South by Southwest Festival in Austin, Texas. So he is currently qualified to help make any of your audio needs loud and clear. Also, thank you to my lady, Erin Rogers, for composing the catchy theme song. And thanks to all of you for hanging out until the end of this episode and supporting yet another... Hot breath. <gasps> Adios. Hot breath.